Hello, it's Jerry Northwood, a chairman of Broad Hapney Brigands. I'm here with Mike Beardle, who's the chairman of the Broad Hapney Down Trust, uh, the charity that looks after the ground. In the last one, we talked a bit about what the charity has achieved for the ground and what's going on up at the ground. But before we go too much further with this one and talking a bit more about the origins of the charity, just a mention of Christopher Basil Jett, who sadly died recently, who was a long-standing member of the Hogs, Hambledon and Broad Hempley Brigands. Mike, you went to his funeral, didn't you? It was as happy an occasion as you can have, really, in terms of remembering a really good, nice gentleman who had a gift for taking outrageous wickets. He did. You never thought he'd be such a difficult bowler to face until you got to face him. But I think, you know, the fact that his uh, his coffin was brought into the church in Southwark to the theme tune to Test Match Special gave, gave that funeral quite an incredible start, really. It was great in that all the hogs were there with their smart, bright blazers and there was quite a, a selection of jazz hat cricket memorabilia on display. Yeah, I'm sure Christopher would have enjoyed the occasion had he have been there to witness it. But some lovely tributes to him, because of course he was also a member of the 40 Club, taken a, a large number of wickets for every club that he's played for. I think he was the original Mr Flight and Guile. He was toying with batsmen's brains and it was amazing to hear the number of exceptionally good cricketers over the years that he's got out, including Test and County cricketers along the way, because he had a way of just teasing people out. Yeah, and he did that on good wickets as well as the... Uh as the bowlers wickets so a remarkable remarkable man and and, and very sad to see his part see his passing yes um, uh, and it's not just from his playing days but also when he gave up playing he added a, a lot back on the boundary either in supporting the running of the clubs but imparting his cricket wisdom to those around him whether you wanted it or not <laughs> anyway moving on to the Broad Hate Me Down Trust and the ground itself. Mike, why do we have a charity up there? What's that, what's that all about? I think, Terry, when the Navy gave up the lease of the ground with the closure of HMS Mercury, which is just up the road, there was a concern that what was the best way to protect the ground and to continue to encourage the large number of teams and organisations in that part of Hampshire to use it both fairly and effectively. So organisers of cricket at that time felt that the best method of doing that was to set up an association with a view to that becoming a charitable trust. Over the years, we managed to do that. Now, there are benefits to being a charity in the way that we're able to run the ground. And we are accountable, like any other charity, to the Charities Commission to ensure that we do meet our objects and invest in those objects as well, which I'm pleased to say over the years, I believe we've done quite successfully. But it provides a sort of dispassionate protector of the ground for the benefit of all. Yeah, and I think that was very prescient. Of those. It's easy to forget, seeing the ground today and how beautiful it is as a cricket ground and how well appointed as well, and yet... Until the Navy came along in the late 1950s, early 60s, there was no cricket there. It was pretty much a sheep field, wasn't it? So although it's, you know, this very famous ground on which the cradle of the game and games were played back in the 1780s, but it was a largely forgotten about ground. And it's very clearly now something that will never be anything other than cricket, one would hope. As long as there's cricket played in Hampshire, there'll be cricket played on Broad Hapney Down. 
I'd like to think that's the case, Jerry, yeah. and we'll certainly the charity's uh, <laughs> main uh, aim is to ensure that that happens. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, you're right. The history of the ground is quite fascinating. Of course, it was the centre of gravity of cricket in terms of the determinant of the early laws. As you know, Thomas Lord is buried in West Meon, and although he's a Yorkshireman, spent most of his life in Hampshire and in London. And he was obviously responsible for the founding of Lord's Cricket Ground. He got the idea of moving cricket to London from watching cricket on a sheep's down just up the road from him where the shepherds congregated to play the game and people came along to watch. Of course, having a pub there, inspiring landlord in Richard Nyron, it encouraged the, the business, so to speak. So... It's not surprising that once the centre of gravity shifted that the gentlemen of Hambledon wanted to play closer to their village, which was about a mile and a half as the, away as the crow flies. So they moved back down onto Ridge Meadow, which of course is closer to the village. And the shepherds, or rather the sheep, had their way and got their ground back. Yes, yeah. But of course that the... You know, some of the more significant laws were created up there, weren't they? But I understand the one about the very wide bat... That wasn't a broad Henley Down or bat and ball law. Is that the case? Uh, I think that the actual declaration of the width of the bat was... Uh, came from as, them, did came it? From yeah. Them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think my favourite law, which again started to form at Broad Hapney Down was the introduction of underarm pitch bowling rather than rolling the ball along the ground. And certainly the introduction of the third middle stump was a Broad Hapney Down Hambledon invention. But of course overarm bowling was invented by the ladies and uh, it was when Ladies said, well, we want to have a go at this game, but their crinoline skirts kept getting in the way. So oh, I always remember that one yeah. from my Ladybird book of cricket. Right, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so overarm bowling, we can thank women's cricket for developing that into the incredible art that it is today. Yeah, and of course the irony is that Thomas Lord came back to uh, Hampshire, didn't he? Because he's buried in the churchyard. We're back to the funerals again here. He's uh, buried in the churchyard over at West Meon, which of course is, uh, is a bit more than the six hit, but not that far from Broad Hapney Down. Indeed, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's um, that's a nice little canter through, Mike. Why we have a charity, protect the interests of the ground, and make sure that actually it remains a cricket field and not a sheep field. And perhaps if we say goodbye for for this one, and we'll have a think about what our third episode is going to be all about. But hopefully, people have enjoyed this one and found it reasonably yeah. informative. Thanks, Jerry. I'll leave you to reflect that the view from the monument erected to the glory days of cricket by public subscription in 1908 that looks out on the ground today looks out over a view which is unchanged from those glory days in 1750. It's the same now as it's always been and perhaps in the next one we'll talk about the commemorative stones that we're thinking about for the monument that's a great yeah. idea okay okay bye for now